morning, church. Good morning. Our reference scripture for today is going to be 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. What I would like for us to do this morning is to imagine the following. Imagine you're on a ship in the ocean and a severe storm comes up. Let's say you're out on deck and you're trying to get to safety, but a strong gust of wind, a very strong gust of wind, blows you off into the water. A man on board sees you and throws you a life preserver. You grab it and swim back to the ship and you are able to climb to safety. Well, from this story, ponder the question, what were you saved by? Were you saved by the ship? Of course, if the ship was not there, you would have not had a place to climb back to, would you? Were you saved by the man who threw you the life preserver? If the man had not been there, you would not have been thrown a life preserver. Were you saved by the life preserver? Were you saved by the water? If the man didn't have a life preserver to throw you, you wouldn't have a life preserver. And if the water wasn't there, you wouldn't have had a place to be in in the first place. Well, maybe you saved yourself. How about that? You saved yourself. After all, you had to grab that life preserver and you had to swim. So which one of those things were you saved by? Well, of course, the truth is you were saved by all of them. If you take any one of those things away, you would be lost. The Bible tells us that a person is saved by many, many things. Now, what does that tell us? What are we to make of that? Jesus said we are to be governed by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God in Matthew 4 and 4. Anything which God declares is necessary for salvation in one passage must be implied and must be included in all other passages that speak about salvation. And that is our theme this morning. We're going to look at all the different things the Bible says we're saved by when it speaks about our salvation. By the end of the lesson, we will see that whatever it says we are saved by, all the things that we are saved by are included. This is something the religious world does not often follow or even understand. Well, obviously the Bible says we are saved by God. Second Timothy chapter one, and we're going to be reading many passages this morning. Again, this lesson, is about looking at what God's word says we are saved by. But read with me 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 and 9. Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me as prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. We are saved by God, the Godhead, the Trinity, the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. 
We cannot take God out of the picture and say that we are saved by anything else. We are saved by God. On top of that, in Matthew chapter 1 at verse 21, it is revealed to us specifically that one of the members of the Godhead, Jesus Christ, saves us. Verse 21 is talking about the birth of Christ, and it says, and she will, referring to Mary, bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So there's one more member of the Godhead that scripture says we're saved by. We are saved by Jesus. The Bible also says we are saved by the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that gives us life. In John chapter three at verse five, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. Jesus answered, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Later on in John chapter six at verse 63, Jesus reveals this. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh provides no benefit. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Both in John three and in John six, we are told that spiritual life comes from the Holy Spirit, another member of the Godhead. When we put that all together, we see that we are saved by God, we're saved by Christ, we're saved by the Holy Spirit, and that all means the same thing. It is legitimate and it is perfectly scriptural when we tell someone or when we're talking to someone that if they ask us, how are you saved to say, I'm saved by God. That is a biblical answer that you're saved by God. I'm saved by Christ. I'm saved by the Holy Spirit. It's exactly true, you are. The Bible also says we are saved by the blood of Christ. In Romans 5 and 9, Paul tells us about this, how the blood of Christ saves us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Justified. We are justified by his blood, which saves us. We shall be saved, we shall be pronounced justified, we shall be pronounced not guilty. We will be pronounced innocent. How? By the blood of Christ. Paul here describes the blood of Christ as the instrument of man's justification, but not in any unconditional sense. It will always be necessary for people to approach God in obedience. It is perfectly scriptural and truthful to say when we are asked, what are you saved by? To say, I am saved by the blood of Christ. Anybody that is saved is saved by the blood of Christ. Further in 1 Peter chapter 1 at verse 18, still referring to the blood of Christ, Peter says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold, from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. You were redeemed, you were bought with a price. 
That price is the blood of Christ, which is said to be precious. The scripture also says, not from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. And here is the secret of most of the errors on earth, the errors of false religion and even the errors in the true. People often believe what they have received from their fathers rather than the word of God. Paul, in talking to the elders, said in Acts 20 at verse 28, Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. What do we know now? The Bible says we're saved by God. The Bible also says we're saved by the blood of Christ. Which is it? Are we saved by God or are we saved by the blood of Christ? Going back to our story of the life preserver, we're saved by both. You take either one of those away and we cannot be saved. Both of those are critical in understanding how one is saved. We're saved by God, the Godhead, which consists of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're saved by the blood of Christ. That's scriptural. It's truthful to say we are saved by the blood of Christ. The Bible says we're saved by the gospel. Romans 1.16. In Romans 1 and 16, at the beginning of Paul's letter to the church in Rome, Paul reveals something else about our salvation. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. It is the power of God to salvation. And this is emphasized in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. The message of the cross, the gospel, is the power of God. In James, as we have just read in the first chapter of James, at verse 21, James says, therefore, laying aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. It is truthful and it is scriptural to reply to the question, by what are you saved? With the answer, I was saved by the gospel. I was saved by God, the Godhead. I am saved by the blood of Jesus. I am saved by the gospel. I am saved by all three. Can I take any of those away and still be saved? Well, now up to this point, many people are going to agree with you. And perhaps from this point on in the lesson, we're going to lose a few that won't agree. The Bible also says we're saved by grace, faith, and works. And that will raise an eyebrow among some people. But yet, that is exactly what the Bible says. Let's take a look. In Romans chapter 3, at verse 23, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, 
being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. We are saved through his grace. It is perfectly scriptural and truthful and right to respond to the question, what are you saved by with the reply, I am saved by God's grace. It's not any more right to say you're saved by grace as opposed to saying you're saved by God or you're saved by the blood or you're saved by the gospel. None of those is more important or more truthful than the others in answering that question. Yes, we're saved by grace, and the Bible makes that clear. In Luke's account, chapter 17, verses 5 through 10, Jesus is talking about faith and duty. In response to the apostles asking the Lord in verse 5, increase our faith, Jesus gives a parable which is a lesson designed to teach humility, obedience, and a sense of lacking any merit in the sight of God. And then Luke 17, verse 10, Jesus says about duty, So likewise you, when you have done all those things which you are commanded, say we are unprofitable servants, we have done what was our duty to do. In other words, this teaching was to show that no man can merit salvation. To put it as William Russell expressed it in his book, this rebukes the self-satisfied Christian who thinks that in obeying God, they have done something especially meritorious. See, man can never repay God's daily blessings, much less those bestowed by grace. We didn't deserve it, but we are saved by grace. That is a proper response, but it's also proper to say we're saved by faith. Romans 5 and 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says we're justified by his blood, we're justified by grace, and we are justified by faith. Which is it? Does the Bible contradict itself? Which of those three do I select? Well, the truth is we do not pick out any of them. When scripture says you're saved or justified by one thing, everything else that the Bible says we are justified or saved by is included. Yes, you are justified by faith. Just like when Paul says in Ephesians chapter two, verse eight, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. It is perfectly right and straightforward and truthful and scriptural to say that you are saved by faith, but I'm also saved by works. And now that'll raise an eyebrow. Yet it is scriptural to make that response if someone says, how are you saved? I was saved by works. Boy, that'll get people going. Just tell them you're saved by works. The Bible says, I am. Can't I say what the Bible says? Surely I can repeat what the Bible says I'm saved by. We're currently studying in the book of James on Sunday morning Bible study. James writes in chapter 2, and this is just as inspired of, as any of those other places that we read. James chapter 2 at verse 14 
What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Wait, I thought we were saved by faith. Didn't we just read that? Well, read on now in verse 17. Thus also faith by itself, and there is the key phrase. Faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It's dead. By itself, faith cannot save. Just like being out in the middle of the ocean where I could not save myself, the life preserver did not save me by itself. The man on the ship did not save me by himself. And that's the point of the lesson. When we see all these passages, and there are many, and we could read and read, and if we did that, we would continue to find more of what the Bible says we are saved by. Now in James, still chapter two, verse 24, it says, you see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. The same phrase that we've seen before, justified by his blood, justified by grace, justified by faith, justified by works, these are all the same phrase. What right do I have to say that I can pick one of those four and say that is what is going to save me? No one has that right. I am saved by his blood, I'm saved by grace, I am saved by faith, and I'm saved by works. All of those are legitimate answers to the question, what are we saved by? Let's go on. I'm also saved by belief. I am saved by repentance. I am saved by confession. I am saved by baptism. Let's consider each of these, and I'll begin with belief. I am saved by belief because John 3.16 says I am. Now we know that by heart, but let's read it anyway. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. The person that believes in him is going to be saved. We believe that. It's legitimate and right and truthful and scriptural to answer the question, what are you saved by, by saying, I am saved by believing in Jesus Christ. That's true, it is a biblical fact. In Acts 16 and 31, we find these words, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. If you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you're going to be saved. That's the absolute truth, but it is not any truer than to say that you have been saved by grace, You've been saved by works, you've been saved by God, you've been saved by Christ, you've been saved by his blood. When the Bible says that you are saved by something, it includes all of those things the Bible says you are saved by. The Bible says I'm saved by repentance. Remember Jesus' words in Luke 13, verse three, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The great truth uttered here and repeated in the same words two verses later was to remove the false securities of his hearers then and now. I am saved by repentance, I must repent. 
Have you ever heard of anyone answering the question, what are you saved by, by saying repentance? Probably not, but it's the truth. It is the truth that you must repent. In Acts 17, verse 30, truly these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. It is a command. Acts 3 and 19, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. Repent and turn to God. Yes, repentance is essential, but so is confession. In 1 John chapter 4, at verse 2, the Bible says, By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Are you saved by confession? The Bible says if you confess Jesus Christ, you are of God. So it's perfectly right to say that you are saved by confession. Of course, Romans 10 verse 9 says the same thing. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. The Bible also says you're saved by baptism. You want to start an argument with some folks, all you have to do is answer that question, what are you saved by, by saying by baptism. Saved by baptism is just as scriptural, just as truthful, and just as right to answer that question as is grace, faith, works, blood, God, and so on. It's just as true. To answer the question, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 3 at verse 20 and forward, who formerly were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. There is also an anti-type which now saves us, namely baptism. Not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Wait a minute, baptism saves me. It saves me just as much as any of the other things we talked about. Saved by the Godhead, saved by Jesus, saved by the Holy Spirit, saved by the blood, saved by the gospel, the word of God, saved by grace, saved by faith, saved by work, saved by belief, saved by repentance, saved by confession, saved by baptism. The question that I put to you is who has the right to say of all of those things that one thing is the only thing that saves us? And yet that is what the religious world does. It picks one of those things, or maybe two of those things, and it says, that's what saves me. It seems to me that it is pretty arrogant to take all of those things the Bible talks about and say, I'm going to believe is just one or two things. Go back to our original story. You cannot take any of those things away, the ship, the man, the life preserver, or yourself, and be saved. 
In a similar manner, you cannot take any of those things that we have read about and say those things, some of them, of those things are not necessary. It would be the height of arrogance to say that. When the Bible says we're saved by God, that means we're saved by grace, faith, works, belief, confession, baptism, his blood, and the gospel. When it says we're saved by his blood, it means we're saved by God and grace and faith and works and the Bible. All those things are included. The Bible teaches all of those things are the source of our salvation. We simply cannot take any of those things out of the statement, the equation, and still be saved. That is not our prerogative. God saves me. He certainly does. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He surely did. I have to get a spiritual life from the Holy Spirit. I sure do, as does anyone else. The list goes on, and we simply cannot take a single thing away and expect to enter through those gates into heaven. Scripture says we are to abide by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, Matthew 4 and 4. Not just some of them, not just one, this one or that one, but all of the words that proceed out of the mouth of God. The Bible says we're saved by all of these things. This morning, we have taken a look at some of the things that Scripture tells us are involved in our salvation. This question was asked a number of years ago. And in a past issue of House to House, Heart to Heart, an article was written that listed 27 things that scripture says were saved by, July 22nd, 2016. I suggest to you that as we grow as Christians, we note the various things in scripture to which salvation is ascribed. The question is not which one of these will save us, all combined ensure us of our salvation. Hopefully we've all thought deeply about our salvation. As Christians, we continue to grow in our understanding of God's word. If there is anyone in the assembly that is in need of responding to the gospel, in need of prayers, whatever your needs, we stand ready to assist you, and we encourage you to come forward as Mark leads us in the invitation song. Please stand.